Welcome to Hot Topics in Kidney Health, brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation. Each episode, we highlight the latest in kidney research, bring you up-to-date news in kidney care, dispel myths, and answer your kidney health questions. Make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to help more people with kidney disease discover us. We really appreciate it. Now, on with the show. At the National Kidney Foundation, we believe that everyone who needs a kidney should get one. To make this dream a reality, we've launched the Transplants for All initiative. What is this initiative and how will it make a difference in the lives of people with kidney disease? In today's episode, special guests Morgan Reed, our Transplant Policy and Strategy Director, and Haley Jensen, NKF's Transplant Programs Director, explain this and more. I'm really excited to have this discussion with you both today. So as an introduction, my name is Marlena Chesner. I'm the Digital Content Development Manager. I use they, them pronouns. Would you both like to introduce yourselves? My name is Morgan Reed. I'm the Director of Transplant Policy and Strategy with the National Kidney Foundation. I always joke and say my name is Morgan, rhymes with organ. Organ Morgan, you can't forget my name. Really happy to be chatting with you all today. I'm Haley Jensen, Director of Transplant Programs here at NKF. Uh, very excited to be here with my co-lead and partner extraordinaire, Morgan. Wonderful. So to start off, Haley, could you please explain what NKF's Transplant for All initiative is? Definitely. So our Transplants for All initiative is a really exciting new kind of grouping of all of the work that we do in transplant. And we're really excited to be able to bring kind of everything that NKF has under the hood into the transplant space. Oh, that's so exciting. Morgan, do you have anything to add to that? Yes, I would like to add to that, actually. As it currently stands, there are chock full of opportunities uh, for improvement in the transplant system. Um, we know that there are inefficiencies that ex that, that currently exist. And for our um, patient community, when you're going through kidney failure, you just want to feel better. And I, I do want to start off by sh um, sharing. I am a kidney recipient. I know what it's like to be uh, diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. I was diagnosed with IG nephropathy. Um, I spent nearly two years on peritoneal dialysis before receiving a living donor um, kidney transplant from a dear college friend of mine 16 years ago. So I am speaking from experience. And um, I think one of the most compelling things about transplants for all, if I may double back for a second, is that you know, the people leading it, myself and Haley, we are kidney recipients. We know what it's like to be on the transplant waiting list. We know what it's like to be on dialysis. And um, I think it's okay for us to share too that our CEO at the National Kidney Foundation, Kevin Longino, too, is a kidney recipient. And so, you know, we have walked this life. This isn't something that, you know, and, and it's not a requirement, right? Like you don't, you, to work for the National Kidney Foundation, you don't need to have had a kidney transplant. But um, I, I think it's important for people to know that, you know, we've lived this life and we know what it's like to be a kidney patient. And at the end of the day, when you're sick with kidney failure, you just want to feel better. That's it. That's what patients are looking for. And so for us, um, there are lots of opportunities for improvement in the transplant system. And the, and some of the things that we hope to um, fix or, you know, help with fixing is making sure that the transplant system is more patient centric right now. Not every patient feels like they are at the center of their care. And a lot of the reason I think stems from just a, a, an overall lack of transparency 
and opacity with the transplant system. Most patients don't really understand what's going on, um, which is problematic for us because we want patients to be able to make informed decisions about their care. Um, there are many inequities that exist in kidney transplantation. Um, unfortunately, underserved populations, rural populations, um, marginalized groups often face many obstacles, non-medical obstacles to um, reaching the transplant waitlist. And what I mean by non-medical obstacles, um, some examples may include transportation, may be an issue for, you know, for some people um, to get to the doctor to do the transplant evaluation um, it could be child care, elder care, these sorts of things. So we just want to make sure that we are, one, reducing disparities to transplant, but also making sure that um, patients are centered in their care. Because it, you know, the way that we think about this is that people should be active participants in their health care. And so, yes, we are very, very um, into making sure that the transplant ecosystem is more patient-centric, equitable, and transparent for our kidney patient community. That's such a wonderful explanation. And for all of those wondering about Morgan's story, we actually have a blog article that we will drop in the show notes. You can read a little bit more about that. Um, Haley, is there anything else that you'd like to add about some of the issues we're experiencing within the transplant system right now? Definitely. So Morgan did a really good job explaining how kind of lost patients can get in the system and how there are a lot of inequities really along the whole way because the process itself is really complicated and there are a lot of players involved. So one of the big things that we can do um, as an organization at the National Kidney Foundation is bring all of these players together. So, you know, you have your nephrologists, you have your dialysis providers, you have your organ procurement organizations, which people don't you know, there's the, people have not even heard of that, most of us, right? You have the transplant center, you have the patient, and all of those players work together and really, or really don't work very well together in a lot of complicated ways. So one of the things that we do is we try to bring those folks together to solve problems together. And we know there's not just one problem to be fixed here, but a lot of different pieces that could be going much, much better. So by focusing on everything from patient education to research to innovation, policy, advocacy, all of these different pieces that we um, can bring together, we can start to address each of these little or big problems kind of along the way. And that includes everything from the beginning of learning that kidney transplant is an option and empowering patients to understand how to pursue that, to educating their providers, so their dialysis nurses, their nephrologists, their transplant professionals about how to work with the patients in a way that works for them um, and to take advantage of new innovations and uh, different kinds of organs that can help patients get transplanted faster and really just um, bringing all of that together to address a lot of different problems. And I think I'll, I'll just add one more thing um, is that this is all kind of fitting into transplants for all in, in three big buckets that we like to talk about. And one of them is living donation. So increasing living donation is one of the three pillars of Transplants for All. And a lot of people don't know much about living donation. Some people don't even know they have two kidneys. So it's important to us to get uh, the message out there about living donation for anyone who wants to donate. 
anyone who wants to seek a living donor and anyone who wants to better understand how to help that process along who, um, you know, is helping transplant patients. The second bucket is increasing deceased donation. So kind of when we think about the wait list, that's what those are, right? And all of the decision-making involved in getting an organ from one person in a, in a difficult situation to a person who needs one is super complicated and it's not getting simpler. It's actually getting more complicated. Um, so one area we're really focused on is um, helping to improve that process, helping to make sure that as many of the organs as we can have access to and, and can get for patients who need them actually end up in a patient um, who, who wants them. And then lastly, of course, as Morgan did a great job describing, is increasing equity and access to transplant. Because it's so complex, um, a lot of people who have a hard time, you know, with anything else in their life, really, but especially social determinants of health, so things that you mentioned, like transportation, um, like um, access to health care, things like that. Um, we need to address those things at every step along the way to make sure that everyone has a chance, a shot at a transplant. Yes. Everything that Haley said is like right on point. And I think for us, you know, when we think about transplants for all, our, our tagline is ensuring that no one dies while waiting for a kidney. Right. Um, we know that there is a limit like deceased kidneys, donor kidneys, they're a precious resource and they're limited, right? We know that the demand for kidneys, deceased donor kidneys, far outpaces the supply. So we are interested in maximizing every single organ donation and transplantation opportunity so that, again, no one dies while waiting for a kidney. And that is why we have those three objectives. We want to increase living donation because we do know that the supply of uh, deceased donor kidneys is, again, limited. We also want to increase deceased donation because we know that, you know, OPOs, organ procurement organizations, which I will, you know, just add, I worked for two different organ procurement organizations for nearly 10 years before joining NKF. We want to make sure that they're maximizing every opportunity for donation, including donor hospitals, because they have an integral role in recognizing every donation opportunity. But again, like to what Haley said, making sure that we are um, advancing health equity and kidney transplantation too. It shouldn't matter. It should never matter where a person lives, how much money they make, their race, their gender, their sexual orientation, that none of that should ever matter when it comes to transplantation. And again, we wanna make sure that we're maximizing every opportunity for someone to, to become transplanted. Yeah, that's such a great explanation. And I think something that people may not know is that there's a limited time to get a deceased donor kidney to the person who needs it. And so that plays into this as well. And, you know, definitely if anyone's interested in learning more about living donation, we'll also provide those resources in the show notes. So Morgan, I'm also wondering if you can please touch on some of the policy and advocacy work being done in Transplants for All and how that's going to help patients. Yeah, of course. So, you know, advocacy is all we do, right? Like this is what we do. This is what we stand for. We want to make sure that um, our kidney patient community has the best shot um, at living their best lives, right? We want to make sure that every kidney patient has a great quality of life. And so with that said, um, we spend, I work in the government relations department and we spend 
a lot of our time on regulatory advocacy work, grassroots work, um, legislative um, lobbying and things of that nature. So I can tell you one of the things that we are working on right now um, is advocating for the removal of race from uh, you know, clinical algorithms that assess organ viability or the health of kidneys. So um, anyone listening to this call may be familiar with the fact that, you know, the National Kidney Foundation was a very strong leader um, in a partnership with the American Society of Nephrology um, when we joined a ta when we created a task force to remove race from the EGFR equation, which is the equation that calculates how well a um, a person's kidneys function. Um, the race coefficient has been removed and um, the organ procurement and transplantation network, also known as the OPTN, is working to modify um, wait time for black patients that were affected using the race inclusive um, EGFR. But we're also working to remove race from the kidney donor risk index, which is a clinical um, algorithm that assesses how well a donor's kidneys um, function or how, uh, what the post-transplant outcomes could be. And there is a race coefficient and we are trying to get rid of that. So um, again, just another way to advance health equity and organ donation and transplant. We are working on legislation. Um, our transplant equity bill is something that is drafted and it's currently with the government and our transplant equity bill really just seeks to dismantle a lot of the barriers that patients face in accessing transplant. There is a large data component to our transplant legislation. We want data from referral to the evaluation phase um, through waitlisting. As it currently stands, the Organ Procurement and Transplantation Network, again, OPTN, only mandates that, or they only collect data from waitlisting through transplant and some thereafter, but we wanna see everything. We wanna know who's being referred for um, a kidney transplant, who's not being referred. We wanna know who's making it through the kidney transplant evaluation so that we can start thinking about um, solutions to make sure that no one falls through the cracks um, through the referral and the evaluation phase. Again, we wanna make sure that everyone's getting onto the wait list and that everyone ultimately gets transplanted. Um, we are working to pass our Living Donor Protection Act on the federal level. So some of you may be familiar with LDPA, which is a bill that um, um, stops discrimination from life insurance long-term and uh, disability insurance companies when someone becomes a living donor. So we're trying to pass it on the federal level. I am excited to share that um, LDPA has passed in 30 states. Very exciting. It is really exciting, but we really are trying hard to pass it on the federal level because we want everyone, no matter what state they live in, to be protected if they are a living donor. So these are just a few things that we're working on in government relations as it relates to advocacy, um, grassroots, and again, some of the legislative work that we're doing. Amazing. That is so much. And we're not even stopping there. Haley, could you share a little bit more about the education and support that this initiative is going to provide patients? Absolutely. So a lot of what Morgan was just speaking to on the legislation and advocacy front, you know, uh, listeners won't be surprised to hear that things take a very long time with the government, um, but it's super important because it has a big impact once it changes. In the meantime, we know that there's a lot of things we can do now that will help um, even within a system that's imperfect. 
So our education and support services um, are really pretty broad at this point. So we have a lot of different ways that people can learn more. One of the first ways is that we provide education. So we do that in a couple of ways. First of all, we have uh, our wonderful kidney.org website. But beyond that, we also provide live education programs. So you can actually go either in person or to a webinar to hear from transplant professionals about how to get a transplant, how to start the process, how to find a living donor, how to become a living donor, if that's something that you're interested in, and also about life after transplant. So Morgan uh, mentioned that she's a post-transplant patient, as am I, and uh, we both can confirm that there's a lot uh, that you're told right before transplant and right after transplant. Yes. And it's a fire hose of information. <laughs> um, so I personally am very passionate about our after transplant program. And uh, when we put that together last year and launched that last fall, I was uh, a little um, <laughs> disheartened to realize how much I had forgotten, but that's why this exists, um, <laughs> is to help make sure that uh, everyone has access to that information. And so all of these different transplant programs are available um, in different ways out in the community nationwide through our local offices. But if you don't have a local office in your area or they aren't offering, you know, the specific program you're looking for, we also have the Kidney Learning Center, which is an online platform, and anyone can go sign up and explore a lot of different courses on kidney transplant and donation. And they are all um, video-based, so lots of short um, videos delivered by patients and donors, because those are the people that we love to hear from most is, is their stories and how they got where they are, as well as lots of really good information about the transplant process. So those are our two kind of big areas for education. And we also provide additional support in a couple of different ways. Um, one is through our NKF Peers program, which is something that's really near and dear to my heart as a volunteer mentor for a number of years. It can make a really huge difference when you're considering a transplant, going through the transplant process, or even post-transplant to talk to somebody who's been there before. And that's what our NKF Peers program does, is it connects people with someone else who's been in their shoes. Um, so they can talk about those challenges and just work through some of the scarier or more stressful or other kind of emotionally difficult pieces of the kidney journey. And it's not just for transplant. You can also, um, if you want to talk about dialysis or you want to talk about having end-stage kidney disease or, or late-stage kidney disease, that's also an option. So um, we have that as well as our NKF Cares hotline where anyone can call and ask questions. Um, they field lots of questions about transplant. And all of these different pieces are really just intended to help people along the way, however they need it. We really want to be there for um, kidney patients at every step of the journey as much as we can. And so we're always uh, improving these programs, growing these programs, trying to reach more people. And I definitely recommend checking those out, um, getting connected with your local office and seeing how um, we can help you through the transplant journey. 
Yeah, there is so much information for every step of the way on your kidney journey, and it can be super overwhelming. So thank you for talking about these amazing programs and all their great benefits. I love, Um, I love, I have to just say, like, I love everything that Haley and her team do. Like, they do such phenomenal work. Like, education is so important. Like, I always say everything always goes back to education. People don't know what they don't know. And you can be the smartest, brightest, most savvy healthcare person out there. Navigating the American health system is difficult. Navigating transplant because it's so specialized is hard. And it's a very hard thing to do when you're a kidney patient and you're tired and exhausted from dialysis you're sick from kidney failure, you're just, you're exhausted. And it's really hard sometimes to retain information when you're sick. And so I just applaud Haley and, you know, my colleagues in the programs department, because I mean, there is a wealth of education there. And so anyone that's listening to the call, whether you're a patient of the call, I feel very old. Anyone (laughs) listening to the podcast right now, um, whether you are a patient or Uh, a transplant or organ donation professional, anyone can access, like like, the stuff is online. Anyone can access it. So, and I encourage anyone that's listening to share it with, especially the transplant professionals that may be listening, share it with um, your team, share it with your patients. I mean, the more, you know, the better, I think it's really, really important um, for patients and not just patients, but again, professionals, whether you're a dialysis center staff to learn about organ donation, learn about transplants so that you're um, comfortable sharing this with your, your, your patients that you see every day. So I don't take the work that Haley does for granted. And government relations, yes, everything moves at a very glacial pace. Um, I will say we're very excited that um, the Department of Health and Human Services and CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and a lot of the other alphabet soup of the government are focusing a lot on transplant right now. And we're very excited about that. Um, Again, it takes time for change to occur, but what Haley is doing is um, she's making a change now for patients that want the help. So um, especially with our peers program as someone that has gone through the process, having someone help you handhold, hold your hand through the process or just, you know, give you that support means meant everything. Uh, I think it means everything to people to know that they're not going through um, the situation alone. So anyway, that's it. I just had to give, you know, some, some big props and some big ups to my, my colleague Kaylee and everyone else in the programs department really making a difference. Yeah. I've got to say what I, what I hear and what I hope our listeners hear is passion and care and just love for the work. And I think that's really showing um, because we think about all these different facets, you know, from education to advocacy, and you both are just doing the work and we're very appreciative to you. And I'm also wondering if we could talk a little bit about some of the research components that Transplants for All has. Um, Haley, can you touch on that? Absolutely. Transplants for All knows no bounds. There's a lot under the hood and research is a big part of it. So we know that, um, and and our listeners may know or may not know, that there's been very little innovation in the transplant space for a very long time. Um, But as Morgan mentioned, that is changing. Um, There's a lot of energy and interest in this space right now, and that includes in research. Um, Our our research colleagues uh, have been hard at work for a long time, but there's 
always a lot going on. And the National Kidney Foundation is involved in a number of different ways. So we have, uh, and I'm sure many of our listeners are well aware of this, a big network of patients who have a lot to say and have a really important voice about how care can be better, how they could get better support. Um, and that ends up being a lot of the research that we do is understanding the patient voice um, and bringing that into research. So we have a few projects going on right now. One is on um, organs that are mm, a little different. <laughs> so there, sometimes the term is high risk organ or high KDPI organ, but basically these are organs that have something that makes them seem maybe less than desirable at first blush, but actually could give someone a shot at a transplant who otherwise might not get one. So we have one project going on and how do we talk about that? How do we make sure that patients know that this is an option for them if they want it? And how can we encourage them to advocate for themselves if it's something that they want, if they're interested in an organ um, that has something that's a little different about it? So that's one area. Another is we are supporting a project, a big project on living donors. So living donors are really important and there hasn't actually been a ton of research about what they need and the challenges that they go through in the process of considering donation and, and moving through that. Similar to getting a transplant, it can be a long process with lots of testing, lots of steps and appointments, and it's easy to get lost along the way. Um, and it's also a really difficult personal decision to make. So um, we are working with some really great researchers on first, better understanding the living donor experience, the challenges that they face and what would be helpful for them and, and help them get through the process if that's what they want. And then also some really cool um, incorporation of data to help provide the right support to the right people at the right time during that process so that we're not, um, you know, bothering people with stuff that's not going to be helpful. Um, and also and particularly important to us from that equity perspective is ensuring that we can provide really robust support to people from communities of color who are often less likely to donate for a ton of different reasons, but we don't always fully understand those reasons. So it's important for us to dig into that, um, to speak to more people. And again, as the National Kidney Foundation, we have this really important role to play in research where we can bring in people who've previously donated or considering donating and then patients on the other side and incorporate them into the research process and hear directly from them. I love to hear that we are bringing that patient perspective in. We are welcoming you to the table because that's how we can, you know, make better changes that really work. So that's very exciting to hear about. So I'm wondering, and this question will go to both of you, but we'll start with Morgan. As a leader of this initiative, what's a unique perspective or experience that you've had with the transplant system that really motivates you to do this work for Transplants for All? <sighs> Are you trying to make me cry? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> Listen, this work is so personal to me um, because I've lived it. Because, you know, again, uh, to everyone that's listening, like I, 
as I stated before, like I know what it's like to be diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. I found out that I had IgA nephropathy at 18. Um, I was someone that crashed onto dialysis, even though I started peritoneal dialysis. I walked into the emergency room with a creatinine of 18, cerebral edema, grade four retinopathy. I thought I needed glasses. I was going blind. My blood pressure was 228 over 160. I was sick and I started peritoneal dialysis, but I'm one of the blessed uh, few that received a kidney transplant. And I'm really grateful for that. And so I, I have committed my professional um, life to paying it forward. So after receiving my transplant, I, again, spent 10 years working for two different organ procurement organizations. And the work of an OPO is it's very special work. It, it's a very profound thing that someone can say yes to giving life to someone else when the life of their loved one is no more. It is a reminder that in this crazy world, there are people out there that are good, right? Um, so it was a privilege to work for those organ procurement organizations. I also had an opportunity to work for a transplant center doing outreach for their liver and their lung transplant programs, which was also, um, a, you know, it was an honor to, to be able to do that work. But working for the National Kidney Foundation, I feel like I have found my people and I'm really excited to, um, I want people to receive the same gift of life that I have. And I'm, I don't know, I'm really lucky that I get to work for a team of people. One, I love being a part of the NKF family, but the government relations team, I work for a woman that lets us go, go, be a fierce advocate, do what needs to be done on behalf of patients. And that's what I do every day. So this is not work to me. This is me walking in my purpose and doing everything that I can with every fiber in my being to improve transplant for everyone, but most especially those people that are underserved. Oh, Morgan, we are so lucky to have you and we are very lucky to have you too, Haley. Would you also share kind of what, what unique perspective or experience that you have that makes this work special to you? Yeah, I. Uh, it's always an honor to hear Morgan speak about her experience and also, uh, you know, can be can be really challenging to think about how you know our, our experiences are are just our own, but also shared by so many. So I, I um, had kidney failure as a teenager, um, came out of nowhere, never figured out what caused it. But I, I also crashed onto dialysis with no warning, very very sick, um, needed to be placed on dialysis immediately upon uh, being sent to the hospital in an ambulance after the urgent care center thought their blood pressure machines were broken because my blood pressure was so high. And I was also really fortunate that the nephrologist on call that day um, was an expert in peritoneal dialysis. So I got to do that at home, which made a really big difference from for both for me and my entire family. Um, Cause I'm, I'm the oldest of four kids. We are from a uh, a small town in Colorado. So my access to even in-center dialysis was um, kind of kind of rough. Uh, <laughs> so I was lucky enough to receive a deceased donor kidney after just six months, which is unheard of, um, and have been doing really well. And, and I, I credit my whole team um, and the support I received from them. I've been able to go on to graduate from college, have a family, all of these amazing things that when I was on dialysis, I 
really didn't think would be possible for me. So um, all of that just gives me this undying kind of commitment, not even just commitment, but I'm, I'm convicted that everyone can't, like this is possible. Like there, there is no reason that more people shouldn't have the option to, to live life more fully, even with kidney disease. And the number of patients that I've met through the National Kidney Foundation who see, um, you know, and like the, that end stage diagnosis as the end, right? Um, and knowing that that doesn't have to be the case um, and that we can do better and we can do more is what, you know, really makes me excited to be here and to be continuing to make sure that that, that what seems like a dream, but really isn't, can be a reality for a lot more people. No, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, we want to stop people from crashing into dialysis through some of your amazing education programs that you've helped develop and then get those who need a transplant a transplant. So mm -hmm. to get to the that area, Morgan, I'm wondering if you could actually share some ways patients can advocate for themselves. Yes. You know what I always tell people? One, if you can take someone with you to the doctor, always take someone with you to the doctor. And I would always tell people to, one of the things that I share with um, patients is write down your questions before you go to the doctor and take your notes with you. Um, obviously, I mean, because I'm an NKF fan and I work for the National Kidney Foundation, I would tell everyone too, to become an advocate with us. You don't have to have, you know, you don't have to be a patient. You could be a caregiver. You could be someone that just wants to support kidney patients. Join our um amazing group of kidney advocates. Um, a lot of our advocates spend, you know, we do, we do try to offer education on um, how to get, you know, involved on the government level with, you know, calling your local congresswoman or, or, or congressman or congressperson um, to advocate for bills that, that matter to you and to kidney patients. Or um, oftentimes we, you know, need advocates to um, join meetings when we're talking to the government so that they can hear the, the patient perspective. There's nothing more powerful than your story. If you're a patient, you don't have to know. I mean, it's great to know statistics, statistics, transplant statistics in your area or in the country. But what will always move people, people that want to be moved anyway, um, is your story and sharing your story. And you can start sharing your story now. You could do it on, you know, social media. You can share it with your your um, friends, your family, your um, faith circle, um, or your congregation. But there are a multitude of ways that you can advocate for yourself, and the National Kidney Foundation is here to help you um, do that. But I always tell everyone: ask questions. This is your life. No one is walking in your shoes. It is okay to speak up. Um, Kidney failure is hard and you don't have to know all the medical jargon, even though you're in your appointments and you probably hear lots of medical jargon from the um, healthcare professionals around you, but it is okay for you to speak up and stand up for yourself and your beliefs and to ask questions. And it's very easy for me to say, I feel like it's a very privileged thing to say to someone ask questions because it's not always easy to know what questions to ask. But I just tell people like, what matters to you? 
what do you want out of your life? What does quality of life look like to you? And generate your questions from that point of view. Um, you don't have to know about, you know, what's a marginal kidney, what's a good kidney. Just start out with how can I feel better? What do I need to do? Uh, that, that would be my advice. Now, that is wonderful advice. And for people who are interested in advocating with us, you can go to kidney.org slash advocacy. And that'll show you everything you need to know about becoming a Voices for Kidney Health advocate. Great program, great people to work with. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. I also want to say one thing. Oh, I think I've said it and maybe Haley has said it too, um, like a high KDPI kidney or um, um, what marginal kidney. I'm going to call it a better than dialysis kidney because what is marginal? You know, to me, these are things that like when you're on dialysis, what's a marginal kidney? So I think it's really important for us to, you know, be mindful about how we speak about these, you know, these precious organs. Um, but for now, I'm going to call it a better than dialysis kidney. Yeah. And to touch on that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but don't a lot of transplant centers get judged based on a year of the transplant working? And perhaps that's why they may not like these better than dialysis kidneys. Yes, yes. So that's a Marlena, look at you coming with the fire. Yes. So once upon a time, um, the Centers for Medicare, CMS, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, would um, use one-year graft survival as a metric to measure um, how well transplant centers were performing. And that was, um, that sort of a measure uh, disincentivized um, transplant centers from being more, less conservative in their organ acceptance behaviors. In other words, if a transplant center knew that they were going to get in trouble with CMS, which is a regulatory body that oversees uh, transplant centers, if they knew they were going to get in trouble because their one-year graph survival numbers didn't look good, they were only choosing, you know, really good organs and may, and only choosing really good recipients so that, you know, they knew, they knew that they were going to um, do well with their kidney. Well, that's really not the reality, right? I mean, a lot of patients have comorbidities like hypertension and diabetes, and they may be more complex because of their medical history. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't get a kidney. Um but, you know, on the flip side of that coin is, you know, transplant centers would become more conservative because, again, they wanted to make sure that their numbers were um, in high standing with CMS. So that's why CMS has since gotten rid of the one-year graph survival metric. That's good. I think it's important for people listening to know that that doesn't mean that these kidneys are bad. They're Not at all. They're still very useful. It's Absolutely. This conservative kind of thought that oh, eliminate any risk, any risk that they'll fail. Yes. And you know what? That's like when you are a patient that has been on dialysis for a long time and you don't want to be on dialysis anymore, you may be willing to take a little bit more risk than the transplant center because we all know that being on dialysis creates its own risks mm -hmm. or, you know, um, morbidity and mortality. So on the flip side of that coin is what well, I would rather on for me speaking for me personally, I would rather untether myself from dialysis and take the kidney that I guess, you know, the transplant center may say, well, this is a B plus kidney. It's not an A plus kidney. Well, I might be okay taking that B. The person listening may be okay taking that B 
Haley may be okay taking the B plus kidney if it means she's coming off of dialysis and can, as she just shared, she has a family and she can do things. Same with me. Like, I don't know if I would have had a daughter without, I don't know if I would be alive if it wasn't for my my friend donating her kidney to me. So, you know, again, it's um, all in how we look at these things and even more of a reason for patients to advocate for themselves as best as you possibly can, or find someone that can advocate for you um, because mm -hmm. it's what every patient deserves. Again, we want to make sure that anyone that wants a kidney transplant receives it. Um, and so while we're fighting for patients, we do encourage patients to uh, don't give up the good fight on yourself. Keep pushing. I love that. Never give up, fight for yourself. These are such important messages. Yeah. And Haley, I'm wondering if you could share what education or programs patients could get involved in, you know, with us if they so choose to. Absolutely. So I mentioned a few earlier on, but definitely I would say a couple of different things. Um, being an advocate is always a, a great start. That's actually how I found the National Kidney Foundation. It was my first time ever meeting anyone else with kidney disease was wow. uh, going to D.C., to uh, our kidney summit and realizing that there were a lot of other people who struggle with this, but more importantly for, for me, there were those, those people who um, didn't know about transplant or had given up hope of transplant. And that was really kind of what started me down the path um, and, and got me to where I am today. But certainly beyond that, um, if you are a patient who's looking for help, certainly the NKF Peers Program, our um, new Navigator Program, which I haven't spoken much to, but is to help find a living donor, um, as well as getting connected with your local office. If you have one nearby, you're, you're welcome to um, connect with them. They have a lot of different sort of unique local programs that, that they put on, as well as transplant education options. And then, of course, our Kidney Learning Center is also a great place for people to go. And I, I think if you are someone who wants to give back, um, so if you are someone who's, who feels, um, you know, you've really, everything Morgan just said, you've already taken that to heart and you are empowered and you want to share that with others, you can become a mentor in our peers program. Um, you can help connect with others in that way. So it, it's not just if you need help, but if you want to offer it. There's a lot of ways that you could get involved as a volunteer here um, in education, in advocacy, in uh, walks, all kinds of different ways to get connected to uh, the mission of Transplants for All. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's important for people to know that when you're giving back and volunteering with us, you're going to meet an amazing community of people. I've talked to so many people with kidney disease who are just like lights of my life and you know, I hope everyone gets to, to meet some other people who can be that for them. So as we're kind of nearing the end, Morgan, I'm wondering if a leader of a transplant center, a dialysis center, organ procurement organization is listening in, what can they do to support this initiative and help us reach our visionary goal? <sighs> collaborate, collaborate, collaborate you know, reach out to the National Kidney Foundation. How can we help support you all? Um, at NKF, we are invested in harmonization of the transplant ecosystem. And it is an ecosystem, as Haley alluded to earlier, or she mentioned earlier, um, the transplant ecosystem is made up of nephrologists, dialysis centers, transplant centers, 
organ procurement organizations. Um, we can't do this work without one entity. We should all be working together. So I would encourage collaboration with each other, with us, because the common thread for all of our, all the stakeholder groups is patients and people, people. I don't even want to say patients, people, because patient is just one part of a person's identity. We're doing this for people to make sure that they feel better. We want to give people a new lease on life. We want to honor the legacy of the people that make the selfless decision to donate organs. Um, that's it. I would just say collaborate, reach across, <laughs> you know, reach out to one another. Like if you're a transplant center, are you engaged with your organ procurement organization? If you're an OPO, how are you supporting your transplant center? You know, that we do this work together. There are some relationships out there that are great. Um, and I would just encourage you, like if you're a transplant center, an OPO or whomever, you know, where, whatever group that you're in, if you have best practices that are working, share them. Share them with other OPOs, share them with other transplant centers. But I, for me, I would say collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Like this is, um, you know, you we may hear from time to time. I mean, you know, is that a life or death situation? The work that we do is life or death. It is a matter of life or death. So yes, I do take the work that I do very seriously because it means, um, you know, it means that either someone's getting a transplant or they're not. And I think it's really important for us to always stay grounded in that um, we're doing this for people, uh, for the greater good of humanity. And how can we all work together to get people off of the waiting list and living their best lives while also honoring organ donors and their precious life-saving gift? That's beautifully put. And I'm wondering, Haley, do you have anything else that you'd like to add to, you know, to kind of encourage this collaboration? Yes, I, I think what I would add to that is beyond the folks who naturally think of themselves as part of the transplant system, which are certainly transplant centers and organ procurement organizations, you never know what you'll say to someone with kidney disease or a patient um, that is going to inspire them to seek transplant. Like maybe they've gotten a message from from a, a doctor or from a friend or from somebody in the chair next to them that discourages them from seeking a transplant. So if you're a technician, if you're a nurse, if you're a nephrologist, um, anybody who works with someone who has kidney disease could be the gateway to them seeking transplant and not giving up. So it's really important that everybody who may not always think of themselves as a part of the transplant system, yes. you are, you are. And yes. it's really important to put the patient first and to listen to them, um, to listen to what they want, what they need, their goals in life, um, whether they're you know willing to take more risk or not. Mm -hmm. um, really centering that voice and always knowing that you you may have an impact on them that you don't see if, you, if you're indirectly related to transplant. So that is so true. Oh my God, that is so true, Haley. Like people have so much, we have so much power. And it's like, how are you wielding your power? Like, are you wielding it for good? Like, 
yes, Haley, I like want to jump out of my screen and hug you because I'm like ready to like praise dance right now. Like, yes, that's, that was big. That's major what you just said. Absolutely. Like people have so much influence and I don't know that they always realize the influence that they have. Absolutely. Everyone can make a difference. Everyone can make a change. And even if it's just a, you know, a word of motivation or, you know, just saying hi to someone, you know, these little things really do make a difference. So is there anything else that either of you would like to share? I think I'd just like to thank you, Marlena, for, for leading this conversation. Thank my wonderful co-lead, Morgan, for being such a good teammate in this Transplants for All journey. And just to continue to encourage everyone who's listening to uh, get involved um, if you have kidney disease to not give up on yourself. Um, and that, you know, we're here for you. Reach out. The National Kidney Foundation wants to be there with you. Yes. Yes, Haley. Yes. Well, I too, Marlena, you know, you're the bomb.com. Thank you so much for having us. Haley, you know, I love that you're my partner in life. And what I mean by that is tra- transplant. I mean, she does have her own husband now. <laughs> yes. She is like my partner in the life saving work that we're doing. And I think if I were going to leave our listeners with a nugget of wisdom, especially um, if you're a transplant professional, an organ donation professional, a dialysis center professional, um, I, there's this Teddy Roosevelt quote that I kind of live by and have lived by since um, I started my work, uh, since I started this journey um, with, the, with working for the organ procurement organizations. And that is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. No one cares how much we know. Like when you're trying to connect with someone here, especially like patients, patients don't want you to talk at them. They don't care what you know. They want to know that you care about them first. So I think that's something that's really important too. And it makes me think about, you know, again, those communities that are less seen, less felt, felt, um, less heard, that's what I think about when I hear that quote. Like, I listen. Thank you so much, Marlena, Haley. Um, you're awesome, and I'm I'm really excited to have done this podcast today. Thank you so much to the both of you. Yes, Morgan, Haley, thank you for doing this podcast. Thank you for the amazing work that you do every single day to make the lives of people with kidney disease better. I hope you both know that you know you really are making a difference, and we couldn't have done this without you. So, for anyone listening. If you are interested in learning more, you can go to kidney.org slash transplantation. That's K-I-D-N-E-Y dot org slash T-R-A-N-S-P-L-A-N-T-A-T-I-O-N. So thank you all for listening and we'll see you back next time. We end each episode by giving a shout out to a kidney patient who's celebrating a major milestone in March of 2022. Tina received a life-saving gift of kidney donation. Congratulations on being one year kidney strong, Tina. Wishing you many more. Thank you for listening. Do you have any questions? Email us directly with your comments and suggestions at nkfpodcasts@kidney.org. We hope you will join us next time. And from all of us at NKF, we wish you good health.